contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brand. It's a Brant's Rants edition of the podcast, which is presented by BetOnline.ag. It's your online sportsbook experts. They're the exclusive partner, as you know, of Podcast One Sportsnet. You can use the promo code PODCAST1, all caps. You receive that 50% sign-up bonus as soon as you do. BetOnline.ag. First rant of the week in my Brant's Rants edition is really about the end of the NFL season as we're two weeks left, shutting down players, what goes on behind the scenes, kind of an inside look behind the curtain. Before we get to sort of the shutdown, here's what happens end of the season. You're going to see a lot of players placed on injury reserve. Teams are putting guys with mm, some sort of injury, may keep them out those last two weeks, may not. But what the heck, the league's not going to look into this. Listen, I've been there. The league is not going to pry about whether shutting down someone with two weeks or three weeks left is going to be sort of an injury that should require that. It's just a way that the league look the other way because it allows teams to evaluate younger players, evaluate bottom-of-the-roster players. This is what happens end of the year. More players put on injured reserve more players brought up to look at, whether from practice squad, rather from other people's practice squads, where they could then sign them to three-year contracts, so they have them under contract not only these last two games, but next year, the year after, or even perhaps the year after. With all the leverage in this situation, teams are using that leverage to bring on players on their team they want to look at, they want to have next year in their training camp, in their off-season program. So these are ways teams use this, and teams have special ability to do this if they're heading to the playoffs. Because if there's any competition, they can tell these players that they're signing at the bottom of the roster, or even to the practice squad, that you're going to get extra checks. You're going to get checks in the playoffs. Now, these are checks that are far less than contractual checks, but they're checks nonetheless, 21000 a week, the first couple weeks of the playoffs, then it really jumps up to over twice that amount as you get towards the Super Bowl. So a lot going on free agency-wise. Teams like I was on, Packers, the Seahawks, a lot of these teams will do a lot of churning, if you will, during these last couple weeks of the year. Look at new players, dump down old players, figure out what they're going to do. That is a natural part of what's going on around the league. Now, So the other part of it is when we talk about star players, it's a much different situation. What we have in Carolina, it looks like they're going to shut down Cam Newton. They're all but eliminated in the playoff picture. The the interesting factor there is that Cam Newton's hurt. Cam Newton's got shoulder pain. He's been talking about it. He's been talking openly about all the things he tries to do for the shoulder with acupuncture. And I've been there. Listen, I've had both shoulders operated on. I do it all. I do acupuncture. I do electrical stim. I do cryotherapy. Make sure the shoulder is as best it can be. I'm now two years post-surgery, just starting to feel back to normal in my left shoulder. And Cam Newton is dealing with that, so they're going to shut him down for two weeks. On the other hand, you get to my old team, the Green Bay Packers. There's a lot of talk about Aaron Rodgers sitting down. He says no, and it looks like the coach is saying no, too. These are these tough decisions. Listen, I would tend to believe that teams should let their players play, their best players play. Because the adage that let them, let's see what we got, well, the let's see what we got is not going to translate into next year. Because 
The team's going to look different next year. All these teams that are shutting down players because they're out of the playoffs, they're not that good, they're going to make changes. Those changes may include coaching staffs, but those changes are certainly going to include personnel. And I don't buy the adage, well, let's see what we got with this player or that player, because you know, what if they look great now? You're going to make changes based on that? What if they look awful? You're going to make changes based on that? No. Now, the other part of Aaron and the Packers, it's so unfamiliar territory to be out of the playoffs for the Green Bay Packers without with Aaron Rodgers or a semblance of healthy Aaron Rodgers throughout the year. Of course, last year he was out for seven or eight games, which made a huge difference in their output. But this is interesting. Aaron's not going to sit down willingly. Joe Philbin is a coach that's an interim coach. Is he going to sit down, Aaron? It doesn't look like it. So we may have uh, some bumping up against each other. If they do try to sit, Aaron, I don't think they will, and I think that's where we end up. These are tough situations, whether to sit or whether to play. And then on the other side of the spectrum, if teams do start clinching, do they sit or do they play? No coach wants to be that coach that, A, has a team coming into the playoffs rusty because they didn't play last week, or worse, B, played a star player and he got hurt and he's not available for the playoffs. That's the trade-off. What would I do? Well, in sitting teams that are out of the playoffs, sitting players, I don't see a lot of value in that. Maybe bottom of the roster, like I talked about with IR, let guys show what they can do, churn some players at the bottom. But stars like Aaron, I'd let them play. I mean, why? Why sit them down? They want to play. Yeah, I know they can get hurt, but why not? If they want to play, that's what people are paying to see. Let them play. And as for the rest or rust position of teams at the top of the standings, I guess I fall into the rest category. Because your goal is not to have them perform well once playoffs are decided. Your goal is to have them perform well when the playoffs get here. So I'm not sure what's, because now I think the injury risk outweighs the productivity risk. When you're talking about players at the, at the bottom, out of the playoffs, you know, there's certainly an injury risk, of course. Does that outweigh players just wanting to play well towards the end of the season in meaningful for them games? Yeah, maybe. I mean, again, that's a tougher question. But I do think when you talk about teams that have secured playoff spots, what is to gain by playing your stars? To me, now we're looking at preseason games. Now we're looking at exhibition games. You have to play them because they're on the ro- they're on the schedule, but there's no gain to these games once playoff position is secured. So not so much this weekend, week 16 of the NFL season, but week 17 of the NFL season, I'd be in the camp, if you've got a secured playoff spot, rest them. Rest them. That's the way to go. Um, so that's where we are with that. I think you sit them if they're secured with a player spot. You play them if they're not, and that's where I go. But back to the rants in a minute, but first a word from Omax. Omax is better than in terms of getting a cognitive boost and better than caffeine. It's better than energy drinks. Those give you a temporary boost, but they don't do anything to improve cognition. You want to think fast. You want to communicate more clearly. You want to be at zone. You want to operate on all cylinders. So how does one supplement give me all these powers? Well, they've got the two powerhouse ingredients, alpha and omega. You may have heard of them. They use high DHA, which is the omega-3 critical to brain health. Uh, These ingredients are safe. They're natural. Years of clinical research. Trust me. 
This stuff, Omax Boost, gives you strength, agility, cognition, daily motivation, everything you need. Instantly feel energized, but no jitteriness and no crash. So, go to omaxboost.com slash Andrew today. Get 60% off a one-month supply, free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. That's omaxboost.com slash Andrew. 60% off a one-month supply. omaxboost.com slash Andrew. Terms and conditions do apply. Now we go to my other rant, and that's really about gambling. What we have, as I record here on December 19th, what we have now is a introduction, a bipartisan bill uh, between Chuck Schumer and Orrin Hatch, two senators, uh, Democrat and Republican. It's the federal, uh, let's just call it the gambling bill, sports gambling bill. Uh, And here's the thing. This is a bill that's going to be and is already being supported by the sports leagues. Let's take a look back. We have the NBA, Commissioner Adam Silver writing an op-ed in 2014 talking about we need to bring it out into the light, gambling. We need to keep it uh, from the shadows, supporting legalized gambling. And we have that, and yet the NBA joined NFL, NHL and Major League Baseball, along with the NCAA, in fighting the imposition of legalized gambling in New Jersey and Chris Christie for six, six, count them, six years in court, opposed to a gambling scheme very similar to Las Vegas or Nevada. Why? Well, they brought up issues of integrity. Well, well, wait a minute. Integrity? They're already doing it in what Adam Silver wants, legalized gambling. And... We talk about fantasy, fantasy sports. The NBA invested in FanDuel. DraftKings invested in by Major League Baseball. DraftKings invested in by National Hockey League. DraftKings invest, early investors include Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones. But, of course, you have commissioners saying, well, fantasy is not gambling because fantasy sports is a mashup, doesn't depend on team outcomes, only individual outcomes, to which I say baloney. It is, of course, it's gambling, daily fantasy, these FanDuel and DraftKings. But the league kind of hid behind. It's soft gambling. It's not real gambling. Okay. That, to me, paved the way for more tolerance, acceptance, societal acceptance of legalized gambling. Then we get to Las Vegas. Well, the NHL, who had been steadfast against gambling as well, paved the way for other leagues with the first entry into Las Vegas. The team, the Golden Knights, started play last year, did surprisingly well. And as everyone knows, in two years, we will have the Las Vegas Raiders. I covered those owners' meetings for ESPN, where they're debating the move from Oakland to Las Vegas, which is now in dispute in court, according to my last week's podcast guest, Jim Quinn, suing on behalf of the city of Oakland. Now, we have a situation where I'm asking owners, what concerns you about Las Vegas. Well, they say, you know, as a tourism market, does it sustain? Is it a big enough market? Blah, blah, blah. I said, what about gambling? And they said, well, gambling's fine. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, what has changed? Well, I don't know what has changed exactly, but these concerns about integrity, these concerns about corrupting the game seem to be out the window when you have tremendous monetary opportunities. And Roger Goodell praised the regulations in Nevada that he fought so hard for six years in New Jersey. Now, spinning back to New Jersey, that makes its way to the Supreme Court. 
I attended the hearing December in 2017. By May, the decision went according to what I thought it would go, which is legalization of gambling. They overturned PASPA, the uh, law that basically prevented states from imposing their own system of gambling. And lo and behold, we have gambling. But it's a state-by-state model. We have Delaware, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Mississippi, West Virginia, Washington, D.C. coming online, Pennsylvania soon. Rhode Island. Now, what's going to happen now? Well, the league's got to deal with this state-by-state patchwork. They don't like that. Back to Congress we go. And that bill comes out today, at least the introduction of the bill by Chuck Schumer and Orrin Hatch. It is a federal bill. It requires data to come from the leagues. This is that idea of integrity fees. It's our data. We should get paid for it. And it's obviously going to be a huge money-making opportunity for the leagues. But to that, I say you're a day late and dollar short. The Supreme Court decided this. We're already into that state-by-state patchwork, which I talked about just now. All those states I listed, there will be more, I would think, by this time next year, 15 to 25 states with legalized gambling. Where will that bill be? Well, I guess it could plot along or move along pretty quickly in Congress. But you know what's going on in this country. You think people are going to focus on a sports gambling bill, even though Our president is, of course, a former or maybe current casino owner, so he may be in favor of it. But listen, tons and tons of money is going to be spent lobbying this bill. I just think these leagues were late to react. And again, just noting the turnaround, the 180 on gambling. Gambling, Pete Rose kicked out of baseball for gambling, still not in the Hall of Fame. Tim Donahue, referee, Drop through a trap door, rogue official by the NBA. NFL would not allow a fantasy football convention four years ago with Tony Romo and others because it was connected to a casino. And NFL still doesn't allow players in casinos, yet has training camp at the Greenbrier with a casino, has casino sponsorships. And now, speaking of casino sponsorships, MGM is a partner with all three leagues, except for the NFL, with the NHL, with the NBA, and with Major League Baseball. So a lot going on. In the gambling world, what I want to say is this. It is amazing to me where we are with gambling, and maybe this mirrors where we are with marijuana. What used to be so taboo, what used to be so antithetical to the integrity of the sport is now accepted and even monetized. The question for leagues is how do we monetize better, and that's why they're throwing their weight behind this federal bill, because this federal bill will create billions of dollars of revenue opportunities through data. And I think the biggest issue going forward in sports is how do we deal with data? Because there's more and more about leagues, about teams, about gambling, and about players. All the tracking, all the wearables, all the data on hydration, on blood work, on sleep, on everything involved with the player that people can bet on. So it's all related. And I'll do more podcasts on that because I think that's the issue of the future is data, privacy, and monetization of that data. Players want their cut. The unions are after it. So there's going to be some collective bargaining issues coming up on this as well. That's my rant about gambling. Now, let's hear from a word. Speaking of gambling and security, let's talk about Simply Safe. We put off things we know we need to do, but we need to organize the garage. We throw a closet. Something gets in the way. But now home security. You know it's a good idea, but there's always something holding you back. Maybe it's paying a middleman. Well, you don't have time for that. So here we go. Simply Safe Home Security has gotten rid of all the middlemen. Nothing should come between you and protecting your home. So no contracts, no markups, no complicated installation. 
professional-grade home security engineer do one thing quickly, protect you and yours. So yes, you could add this to your epic to-do list or you could get started right here. Just go to simplysafe.com slash brand, B-R-A-N-D-T, my name, no time like the present. That's simplysafe.com slash brand. Simply Safe, the best in home security. Now it's time to hear from you. You've got a question for the podcast. Always leave me a voicemail, 484-416-5654. First question this week comes from Steve. Hey, Steve. Hi, Mr. Brandt. This is Steve Rush, a Packer fan. I was curious if you uh, had any further insights on the head coaching search uh, and whether or not you thought uh, how important it would be or how much emphasis uh, should should be placed on finding a specific coach that uh, Aaron Rodgers would work with better or if uh, that means an offensive guy uh, in a certain system or whether a defensive coach would uh, be adequate and whether or not Rodgers would uh, respond to a college coach or if he needs a more of a disciplinarian. Thank you so much. Bye. Yeah, Steve, I get this question a lot. I'm asked a lot about the Packers in my background here. Here's my thought. First of all, I've said this, I've written this. I don't think and I don't believe the reasons they say why they fired Mike McCarthy early. I don't believe the reason of to get him a jump on the market or for them to get a jump on the market. I think the real issue is they wanted to get to someone early because otherwise why fire a guy if they're just going to go after NFL assistance, which they can't talk to until after January or after December 30th or later with playoffs. So I think they're probably talking to someone, maybe it's a college coach, maybe it's someone out of the league that they wanted to get to as the Browns do or other t- before other teams get to them. So I think that's the reason for that. I don't know who that is. In terms of Aaron Rodgers, the other reason I thought they maybe fired Mike early is they want to read from the locker room, and I'll get to the Aaron Rodgers part of it as well. But as I know so well, once the last game's over for the Packers, that'll be next weekend, they scatter, they're gone, they disperse the day after. It's like the Indy 500, that parking lot. We don't see them again for months. So maybe get a temperature, get a feel for the team during that time, and maybe that's the reason they went through that change at that time when they did. So I, have to, I think we have to look into that in terms of why. In terms of input, here's my feeling. Aaron Rodgers will have input. Of course he'll have input. He's the best player. He's the most important player. He's the highest paid player in the history of the Packers. He's the highest paid player in the history of the league. He's going to be there. He's going to be the quarterback for the vast majority of this coach's tenure or perhaps all of this coach's tenure. And that means there has to be a relationship. So I think he will have input. Do I think he'll be in on the interviews? No. Do I think he'll sit in the final decision-making process? No. Do I think of an input? Yes. What will that input look like? Mark Murphy, Brian Gutekunst going to him and say, we're thinking about this kind of coach, or we may, he may say, we're thinking about these coaches. And Aaron will offer input. I don't think it will be decision-making input. And that's where the people sort of get lost. This is much more subtle than people tend to realize. You know, whether it's LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, whoever it is, it's not them calling out a certain coach saying hire him. It's more subtle, like, I think, you know, I'd like to work with this guy. And maybe, yes, there will be a conversation between the leading candidate 
and Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron would then have the ability to veto that coach. But if I'm the coach and I have an offer, I want to talk to Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely. I want to have a feel for Aaron Rodgers, the person and the communication level before going into this job. Of course, they'll talk, you know, multiple times right after the coach gets the job, but I would think before it as well. So when people try to say Aaron's going to have control, Aaron's going to, Aaron's going to have input. It'd be silly for him not to, but input is a relative term. And we'll see how long he has that, you know, in terms of what level. I think it's there. I think there will be input. The question is, what is that input going to look like? That's where we need to come up with. Thanks so much, Steve, for the question. Great questions. Love to answer them. 484-416-5654. We'll always do that. Now for a final word from our sponsor, betonline.ag. The excitement is all over now. NFL, NBA. NFL, you've got the playoffs inching towards us. You've got Baltimore at the Chargers on Sunday. You've got games like Kansas City at Seattle, Houston at Philly. NBA, you've got the Christmas matchups coming up with Milwaukee at Boston, New Orleans and Anthony Davis coming to face LeBron. You've got Toronto at Philly, Clippers at Warriors. So go online or use your mobile app. Sign up today, betonline.ag, in-game live betting where you can participate in all the action with every play. Promo code PODCAST1, you get a 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. That'll do it for this week's Business of Sports podcast, the brand transversion. I totally appreciate all of you that follow me on Twitter at Andrew Brand and listen to the podcast. Apple podcast rankings and comments are always appreciated. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports podcast with Andrew Brand. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at rostucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.